0: Are you interested in supporting small business in your community? You can become a sponsor of the Candid Conversations Small Business Podcast at candidpodcast.ca. sponsor You're listening to the Candid Conversations Podcast, where we share with you the adventures of small business, the community, and folks in communications. We are your hosts, digital marketer Dan Nicholson and small business strategist Sagan Morrow. This is episode number three. So it's been an interesting last few weeks since episode number two.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we have been doing quite a bit of business planning lately.
0: We have. We have had some pretty epic business planning meetings. We've also learned a lot about our business meeting styles. For example, we have learned that... (laughs) Okay, now you're laughing. I was going to say that we have learned that we do better business meetings in the morning as opposed to the evening. One of the interesting things that I've kind of found anyways that I sort of thought was fascinating is that I never really thought that being friends before business partners would be a problem, but clearly it is. If we're hanging out in the evening talking Mm -hmm. about business and, I mean, you have a bottle of wine or whatever, I mean, you have to... It's interesting how that sort of changes the dynamic a little bit and we have have to be kind of careful that we don't...
1: Absolutely. ...polish
0: off the entire bottle.
1: We try to do business planning together one evening and, you know, you have a glass of wine and you're trying to do some brainstorming and all of a sudden you're at the bottom of the bottle of wine and you're talking about things that are not business related not
0: business related at all
1: uh so we found out that that does not work for us we are not night people for thinking so we've switched everything up to early morning business meetings which have actually started about seven o'clock in the morning before i go to work yes and uh usually about 7 to 8 30 mm-hmm. uh, at least once a week Yeah, so far, which has been kind of nice. I mean, we've been chipping away at it. It's, it's been a lot more work than I expected. (laughs) Not, I shouldn't say expected, but I kind of expected we'd get through a 10 page business plan a lot quicker than what we have. And I think we've had about four or five meetings. And since we've, uh, since the last episode,
0: yes. And we are on, I think, page three of the business plan. Maybe page four. Maybe. Yeah, we had. An and now it's a, now it's a twelve page document. It's actually grown from its ten page initial initial standpoint.
1: But it's been great, serious. and kind of chipping away at. I mean, you've done a great job putting together different parts of it and meeting agendas. Meeting agendas are fantastic.
0: <laughs> yes, which I think was another interesting thing that we found in that you know when we had our initial. We had a business plan meeting a little while ago, a few weeks ago. And, you know, we got together. This was the whole wine situation. But at the same time, we were also sitting there with this giant piece of poster paper and we're brainstorming ideas, which is great. But I think we would really moved past the brainstorming page and we really needed to actually work on the business plan. So that was a really great learning experience for us because we had like I think we were hanging up for like seven or eight hours and we really didn't make that much progress on the business plan. We had great ideas and everything going back and forth. But then after that, starting to actually have agendas for each business meeting has made such a difference to actually having structure and focus for every time that we get together to talk about the business.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, having that structure has been fantastic. And at each meeting, we have agenda items as well as action items at the end. Yes. Um, Granted, Sagan's doing a lot better than I am (laughs) with those action items, but having those items uh, right now, I think we looked at our mission and vision and kind of put together like steps of each of us do one piece kind of come back with, you know, like four keywords that sound uh, related to what we talked about in our values, which to me, I thought was really great, because then we can actually start talking more about, you know, are we aligned on these things?
0: Yes, which is so important.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So it's nice. It's nice to step back, you know, talk about the things that you think align quite well, and then step away, look at what is important to the business, to you individually, and then come back to your business partner and say, here's what I see. What do you see? And it's a nice little test to kind of play it all out. I mean, so far, uh, we've gone through part one of our business plan and we're pretty aligned, which is nice. Yes. Uh, So, you know, that's kind of the update. We're through part one of three or four parts. Of our business plan, Ooh,
0: I think there's like eight parts. Is There,
1: a, there you go. <laughs> uh, Clearly,
0: I've been the one who started putting yeah, together bits business plan. <laughs> absolutely.
1: So it's 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 coming along. So it is. In the past two weeks, we've done quite a bit of work, get an understanding of what uh, Juxta Communications looks like.
0: Yes, which is the name of our business. I don't know that we've actually mentioned the name of our business on the podcast yet
1: i guess maybe not
0: i don't think we have
1: well there you go listeners it's uh juxta communications yes which uh came from one of our brainstorming sessions and we kind of assumed you know we can we bring two different skill sets to the table i think we might have talked about this but two skill sets to the table but our skill sets are vastly different from each other so as a the word juxtaposition you know two contradicting but very aligning skill sets.
0: Yeah, so it's that 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 is the name of our business. And who knows, maybe by the next episode, we will actually have our website up and running.
1: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on that. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Uh, but yeah, we are looking for clients if anyone's uh, interested in communications or websites or anything like that, needs something for their business. Having said that, Enough about us. Let's uh, kind of introduce our uh, episode three guest. was yes. Miles Barr. He is an MBA student at Asper School of Business here in Winnipeg. Uh, I've worked with him in the past at Sherpa Marketing. Fantastic guy, brilliant. This is his candid conversation. So yeah, we got uh, Miles Barr, uh, an MBA
2: student at Asper School of Business with us today. Hello, hello. How you Happy welcome. to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hopefully, you give some useful tips to the listeners out there. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit more about yourself and uh, kind of what you do? Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm a fiercely loyal and proud Winnipegger. Grew up in the city and uh, decided after I finished grade 12 to head out east to Hamilton to go to McMaster University for a couple of years ended up getting a volleyball scholarship out there, so I uh, took the act on the road and went out east for a bit, which was a great experience, but uh, got a little bit tired of the 30 to 40 hours of volleyball a week. Yeah. So I ended up coming back and uh, enrolled in the Asper school, where I uh, really felt like I'd hit my stride and finally found a degree program that I was really into. I hopped around a bit at McMaster and was in kinesiology for a little while and then political science, so I've really been all over the map, but mm-hmm. at the Asper School, I really started enjoying what I was taking, and uh, pretty much found out that business was going to be where I wanted to, uh, where where I wanted to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so did that for the next four years, and then started to work at Sherpa Marketing, which is where I w- met you, Dan. Yes, sir. And uh, for for the two years there, I worked as an account manager and uh, managed a number of of unique accounts, um, got some experience in project management, as well as all of the different um, tactics and strategies that come with working at an agency, which was an awesome experience. Um, And then last August decided to head back to do my MBA. So uh, I'm doing that at Asper as well. And um, that's been a fantastic experience, happy to be back in school. Uh, And at that point, um, I was also working part-time at Sherpa for the last eight months uh, more on the business intelligence side of things, working with search engine marketing campaigns and uh, some reporting for clients. But uh, recently just stopped uh, stopped working at Sherpa and now I'm just focusing on school part-time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess to kind of wrap things up, just found out that I'll be teaching a course, an undergrad class um, yeah. at the Asper School. So that's going to be taking place in the spring and uh, we'll try and, try and keep everything afloat here. <laughs>
0: that's super exciting. Yeah,
2: it is very exciting.
0: So what was it like, why did you decide to first of all, get into business initially to Mm -hmm. go to Asper School of Business? And then why did you decide to actually go back and get your master's in business administration?
2: Yeah, for sure. So I really, I think what drew me to business is I like working with people. I like working in team settings and grew up playing a lot of different sports and That was one thing that I really enjoyed on all the teams I played is just that community aspect and, uh, you know, being, working in a group to achieve something was always something that, that drew me in. And I think that that's something that i found at least in my short time in business thus far. And something that I heard from, um, friends who were in the Asper school is that there's a lot of group projects, you're constantly collaborating. Um, that was something that I think drew me in, um, and why I went back is, uh, well, it, it was really to start teaching. Um, that, was, that was the main priority. There was a couple other ones. Um, but as a young person with, without a wealth of experience, you kind of need that master's degree behind you. Um, whether it's an MBA or a master's in, in something, something else, it just gives you a little bit of credibility when you're applying for those jobs. Um, and the U of M especially, they give preference to those who hold graduate degrees. Uh, turns out in this case, I guess I t- didn't need that because I got, got the sessional instructor job, but uh, that, that was the, the main reason that I decided to go back. But I also heard from a couple of people that were in the MBA program currently. Um, I just heard great things from them. I heard, uh, I heard that it was a lot different than the undergrad that ASPR offers because you're with such a diverse group from a real, real wide variety of backgrounds. Um, so that was something that attracted me and it was, it was a good time. Um, my partner Dari, Daria and I, we don't have a family right now. Um, we had a little bit of money saved up and it was, it was just good timing. Um, so I think, yeah, those were the main factors. Um, I'm also someone who just enjoys school. So, <laughs> uh, this, th- that kind of coupled, um, coupled with all those other factors, it was, it was a good fit.
0: Well, let's <laughs> It's good that you're going to be a teacher and you enjoy school. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <very laughs> it's a <important>. prereq. <laughs> That's super interesting, though, that you would actually go to get your MBA specifically to be able to teach. I mean, there can't be that many people who actually do that. Most people, no. I assume, would be doing it to go into business. For BCS, sure, right? yeah.
2: And there's there's no question that that um, that was a factor for me as well. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to position myself um, in an organization Um of course as i go on i I definitely want to be working in the private sector Mm -hmm. and then teach maybe a class a year Um, but yeah that certainly isn't uh isn't an answer that most (laughs) mba students give when they uh when they're asked why you're here uh and yeah i would say that the majority um the demographic definitely skews a little bit older uh these are people who are looking to make a jump um and this is a generalization but in general these are people who are looking to make a jump into management whether they're at an engineering firm or in healthcare um, that's that's certainly why most are there and uh, i'm maybe the only one who's who's looking to get into teaching
0: <laughs> interesting
2: <laughs> yeah you're so when uh, we worked
1: together at sherpa you um, you were having a hard time trying to manage both of them which makes yes, sense for um, sure for the school of business, you can take uh, two, three, four years.
2: Like, I forget exactly how
1: long you can go out.
2: Yeah, you can do um, an MBA anywhere from one to six years. Mm-hmm. So the need- one year would be you're, you're sleeping at the school. Uh, the six year would be quite, uh, quite a reduction in course load, obviously, and yeah. probably well-suited for someone with a family and who's working um, fairly long hours.
1: And you're sitting at the two-year
2: mark. is yes. Where you wanted
1: to go. Yeah. Um, what kind of challenges have you have you faced thus far? I mean, you're halfway through at this point.
2: Yeah, I'm nearing nearing the halfway point. Um, yeah, about I guess I'll be, yeah, yeah, nearing the halfway point this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, challenges, I'd say first and foremost, um, it's been more work than I thought it would be. Um, I, I wasn't naive to the fact that it was going to be a lot of work, but I think it's it's been different work. And because a lot of the people who are in the program are working full time, the time that you can work on group projects is somewhat condensed to the evenings and weekends, um, which when you're in three or four classes and you've got three or four group projects on the go, most, most of the, the classes have at least some group work uh, required, if not a, a couple projects. Um, but when, when the time that you have to work on those projects is condensed, into just a few hours at night, um, your nights start getting longer. <laughs> and if you're working part-time, even if it's just a, a couple or a few days a week, you start to kind of run out of uh, run out of time to actually keep up with your studies, your reading, and any individual assignments. So the time management aspect um, is something that has been a challenge. Um, and I, I would, I, yeah, I don't know what I was expecting, but I think... <laughs> it's just been more work in general than I thought it would be, mm-hmm. uh, which is what you should expect at, at the master master's level. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just been more condensed work um, has been the, definitely the biggest factor.
0: Mm-hmm. What if So what I do for a living is I'm a small business strategist and I've had my business for nearly a decade now. Mm-hmm. And I started teaching other people how to start their own solopreneur businesses within the last year. Right. And so last year I was actually looking you know, somewhat seriously at going to ask for School of Business because mm-hmm. I don't have a business degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have my own actual experience of being a business owner for nearly a decade.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, I, and I, I was thinking about going back, I was thinking about going to school to get my MBA because I thought that it might be useful for me in terms of teaching other people. You know, I really focus on a lot of time management type of stuff, productivity, how to yeah. manage yourself, all that kind of thing. But what's really curious, what I'm really curious about is how your perspective on business in general has sort of changed as a result of taking this program mm-hmm. because looking into the program for me, I've always been kind of like, you know, would that have been a good idea for me to go and get my Is it right. not? So yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah, it's hard to say. I was talking with a friend of mine um, the other day who's entrepreneurial um, through and through just like yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if an MBA would have as much value to you because you, I'm making an assumption here, but I would assume that you're a strong self-starter, um, very, you know, motivated and someone who learns by doing. And if you don't know the answer to something, you're going to seek it out on your own. Um, and not that I'm not uh, at all trying to paint MBAs as someone as, as someone who <laughs> doesn't do that, because that's completely uh, incorrect. But for, for a lot of entrepreneurs that I've met uh, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if the courses would have that much value because entrepreneurs are unique in in that they're going to find out or you know they're going to learn on their own and mm-hmm. and get to that end point anyways um, so I'm not sure in, in that sense but um, Your question was uh, regarding (laughs) advice, (laughs) advice to potential business grads or business uh, MBA students. Yeah, no, that one as well. So advice, um, I would give different advice to those interested in the undergrad program compared to the MBA program. Um, Undergrad program, I would certainly recommend looking at Asper's co-op program because you get a little bit of a taste of a few different work placements, which I think would be very beneficial to those who aren't sure what they want to do, but would like to at least try a few different workplaces, try a few different, um, really, industries as well you could you could get into. Um, so in that sense, I, I would recommend a co-op program for for undergrads. For MBA students, though, my big recommendation would be to do the program when you have enough time to put all that you can into it, because it really is one of those programs that you get what you put in. You. You have ample opportunity to join a variety of different internal programs that I've found um, to be of great value and have ha- has been really worth it alone. Those those uh, those different programs that I've joined and the people that you meet when you're when you're working in some of these committees and um, engaging with you know, a group of highly motivated individuals. Those are the the types of connections and friends that I that I was really looking to make in the program. So getting involved, um, especially at that MBA level, I, I couldn't recommend that enough. Um, in terms of the program in general, um, I would recommend it to someone who has a little bit of work experience behind them. I think in that respect, I may have I may have gone back a little bit early, but. Hindsight's 20/20, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm I'm getting a ton out of it, but having having a little bit more experience to lean on when you're um, conversing with classmates, when you're sharing stories of your own uh, from your own workplace, it just I think it adds value to the conversations that you're having, and it allows you to um, allows I'd say a deeper level of reflection. Um, When you're learning the material, it it gives you a little bit more of a foundation to compare the classroom learnings uh, to. So, yeah, I'd say that that would be my main, that would be my main advice.
1: Looking to start your online business? Try Shopify for 14 days. There's no credit card required, so you can try it risk free. Simply go to candidpodcast.ca shop to get started.
0: That sounds really cool. So what exactly is Shopify?
1: It is a website building thingy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so basically, if you sell products online, this Shopify will help you with setting up a whole website and everything that you need to actually sell products.
1: Yeah, basically you just go online, you make a few clicks, you can put a theme right in there, connect any APIs such as MailChimp, and you're pretty much ready to go and start selling your products.
0: That's fantastic. And you can probably have all of your products in one space, too. Absolutely. Huh. That sounds fantastic. I'm definitely going to visit candidpodcast.ca slash shop right now.
1: Yeah, you are. Okay. You were... Wait, I have one more. <laughs> you have a follow-up? Okay, go ahead. I <laughs> another follow-up question. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Um, okay, so if you were, for example, going back to the agency life after getting this degree, what, I I'm, mean, I'm assuming that the skills that you would be taking from this would be things like the teamwork and time management, but like, mm-hmm. is there anything that you would do differently working in an agency now that you have this business, business school experience?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, that's one thing I've really taken out of this is being able to juggle a lot on your plate, which is a skill that you need at an agency and i think this would this would put me in a better position now compared to when i joined the agency in the first place it was really fresh out of my undergrad i didn't have a you know a ton of work experience in the business world at all so i didn't have as much to lean on whereas this this has been much more of a professional setting that is driven by um, harder deadlines and harder projects so I think those skills would certainly um, lend itself well to anyone who's doing account management at a marketing agency. Uh, there's been a number of interesting marketing projects that I've worked on actually um, that I think I would I would be able to um, to bring to the, to the agency. Just experience with those. Took a, a great class in nonprofit marketing and Sherpa, uh, and many agencies obviously have a number of nonprofit clients. Those clients have unique needs that differ from for for-profit clients and. Um, Having an entire course on that was quite interesting. We had a phenomenal panel of speakers who came in. We had eight different speakers that are pretty much rock stars in the nonprofit community. So it was interesting to dissect marketing um, in that whole space, uh, really, really get into it over an entire semester, just looking at that that one industry. Um, So I think that I'd be able to pull things from that to uh, apply to a number of clients um, and I've really tried to um, take a lead in some respects um, on the marketing components of projects. So even though I haven't been um, at an agency now, I guess, well, it's only been a, f- a month or so, but in a reduced capacity for the last eight months, I've certainly tried to stay up to date um, in the marketing industry. And it's it's an industry, as you both know, that changes so quickly. Uh, it's It's really hard to stay on top of even when you're working at an agency, but I've tried, I've tried my best to stay current, um, so that I am able to apply what I'm learning to, um, an environment that I'm still familiar with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Now I'm done. You're good. <laughs>
2: You're quite highly of your mentorship when we worked together.
1: And I was actually really curious if you can speak more to how this has helped you, uh, both with your program and kind of your plans for the future.
2: Yes. Uh, so I was lucky enough to join, um, it's called Probably gonna mess this name up, but I think it's called the Asper MBA Executive Mentor Program, um, and it's open for students to apply to. And how it works is you put forth a name of anyone in the Winnipeg community, or I guess technically it could be anyone if you wanted to uh, do virtual calls. Um, but you put forth a name, and the the program director then reaches out on your behalf. this individual and um, basically says hi you've been selected by an MBA student to be a possible mentor they kind of gauge their um, their willingness to participate and then if it's a match uh, you get matched up and you begin the mentorship program with this individual so I chose a gentleman um, named Scott McCauley who really is involved in two areas that I have interest in. So it was a perfect fit for me. He's an instructor at the Red River um, College Business Business School and is also um, heavily involved in the Winnipeg startup scene, Innovation Alley, um, the ramp up weekends, all, all of those initiatives. Um, so lucky for me, he agreed to uh, to be my mentor and We've now met uh, probably a half dozen times over the last few months, and it's been fantastic. Um, yeah, second, it would be another recommendation uh, <laughs> for, for anyone who's actually in the program. I would highly recommend it. Um, it's, it's been fantastic for me because I do have entrepreneurial interests, and um, that that also um, with the, the teaching interests, it was really like a match that I that I was over the moon about. Um, and what I would say it gives you is it gives you access to someone who has done everything already that, that, that essentially I'm looking yeah. to do. These people have experience in fields that I'm interested in. I know a few friends in the program, they've connected with people, um, higher up in their organization. So if they have aspirations of becoming part of the management team, they now have someone, um, who they've connected with and in, in, you know, six to eight meetings, you begin to form, um, a close relationship with that person. Um, much closer than if you just met someone with coffee. This is, uh, you know, Scott has been so generous with his time. We meet for two hour lunches, you know, we shoots me a text to invite me to go grab a beer on a Friday afternoon. It's just been fantastic. So you get to connect with someone, um, on a deeper level and depending on who you choose as your mentor, that could be, you know, a door that opens after you graduate. And Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really can't say enough about the program. The Asper School as well has been fantastic. Like they have a a, a, um, a woman who's in charge of that program and she's constantly checking in, making sure that everything's going as planned and if there's any concerns or issues, you can bring them up. So there's been really great support from the mentor standpoint and also from the Asper School and, um, I know I have I was reading some um, testimonials about it, but it's been very well received for the past few years. I'm actually not sure when, when it began, but the testimonials I've, re- I've read have certainly um, spoken as highly as I am about it. So yeah. I think it's uh, definitely a resource that a lot of students are getting a lot from. Nice.
0: That is super cool. <laughs> yeah,
2: it is. It is really cool. Yeah, and people, people are... Uh, one of the cool things that I've learned is... You don't really know until you ask. Mm. A friend of mine asked a mentor that he felt was out of his league, so to speak, mm. uh, you know, like a senior level manager at a large, large firm. But that individual hopped on board and it's been just a phenomenal experience for him as well. With my
1: experiences with people in the in the industry, it always seems that everyone wants to help mentor.
2: Exactly. Like
1: young people, which is amazing.
2: Yeah, it, it is true. It's true.
1: It's a chicken metaphor, too, for, like, business in general. Like, yeah. You never know until you ask or until you try.
2: Or... Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah, actually kind of what happened with this podcast. It was like, we'll never <laughs> have people lined up. And sure enough, within like, 48 <laughs> yeah. hours, we... A
2: waiting list? <laughs> yeah. We do.
0: Actually, we have a waiting list That's now. That's like, fantastic. Yeah. Him. We
1: actually had someone uh, email us online, like, basically through <laughs> the website and they wanted that's to. phenomenal. Yeah. yeah.
2: Just getting so, leads off the website already. Yeah. So it's
1: been uh, been pretty awesome. Uh, we, got, we are still looking for sponsors, though.
2: <laughs> those ones aren't lining <laughs> those, up as Those ones aren't
1: lining up as much. Soon, soon, soon. Visit <laughs>
0: candidpodcast.com slash sponsor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's a, <laughs> That's great. <a>, <laughs> okay. okay, I'm good. That's a, actually a really good segue, because um, you're... If you don't mind me asking, you were recently approached to potentially start a business with someone, and you went to your mentor and talked about it, mm-hmm. um, and I understand if you can't share as much detail, but I'd yeah, be curious sure. to know uh, what kind of what your experience was like and uh, kind of where it was going.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, like you said, I, I probably won't dive too deep into details, but... That is one of the things that um, that Scott has really done for me is he's introduced me to that startup community, which is a community that I just hadn't really put myself into um, voluntarily in the, in the past. Um, and it's amazing seeing that community has been really really cool. Uh, first off, there's phenomenal resources down um, down in Innovation Alley, as I mentioned. Um, there's a, a small but strong group that. Are huge proponents of startups and and getting business um, really going in in Winnipeg, which is neat to see. Um, so Scott introduced me to uh, a connection of his and um, basically was looking at a potential opportunity in the marketing industry that um, that I might be a good fit for. And so we chatted. Um, that didn't work out exactly. Um, through uh, not really any fault of ours but just some external factors that didn't really line up um, but I've still kept in touch with that individual and just met uh, for coffee this week um, he's a young entrepreneur in the city who I, I think is a rock star mm-hmm. and uh, and will be a phenomenal entrepreneur for you know the next 45 50 years for sure so nice. um, yeah I guess just touching back on that the ment- the mentorship program just, It's connections like that that it really um, allows for, and uh, something that I didn't really foresee was that it wouldn't stop just at the mentor. Yeah. Um. Or that I thought that it would stop at the mentor. Um. But really, what I've learned is that Scott is a guy who opens doors. Um. So he's already been introducing me to a ton of different people. Um. I didn't really see that coming in terms of um in terms of what I signed up for. But uh, that's been kind of a happy accident. Nice. So I guess what so is... So cryptic.
1: It? Well, it's, it's good. I mean, it's very good because I understand, like, you wouldn't be able to talk about it. But uh, from the mentorship, yeah, you know, like, I know you were talking to me about it. And it was just the fact that, you know, giving you a lot of really good advice. I mean, I think one of the points you were saying was, um, forgive me if I'm getting this incorrect, but mm-hmm. basically, it's, you know, like, check all your sources, make sure that everything you know is all lined up and all that kind of
2: yeah yeah exactly and his experience in entrepreneurship has entrepreneurship's one of those things that again I'm not an entrepreneur so I've only caught tidbits and second I'm sure you can speak to this a little bit more but um, from from what I've heard from other entrepreneurs it's really a thing where you have to learn from your mistakes Mm -hmm. and oftentimes those can be costly Mm -hmm. and uh, and significant so Getting a mentor that has so many ties to a bunch of different startups in the city, and he's—I uh, think he won Mentor of the Year for startups, either in Western or Western Canada or all of Canada, and mm. um, within the last couple of years. So he's worked with so many different businesses. He's seen a lot of a lot of um, things go wrong, and can help—I think—point people in the right direction or. Um, or let them know if it, if, it's, if it's not a, a good direction to go. Yeah. Um, so in in that respect, it's great to have someone that you can bounce ideas off of um, when you're looking at potential um, startups. And he wasn't so much... Uh, like he, he definitely gave me advice um, in that situation, but more, more in entrepreneurship in general. Um, through all of the different case studies, if you want to call it that, he's developed a pretty solid... Uh, list of do's and don'ts, or maybe not that hard drawn in, <laughs> in the sand, but uh, definitely some examples of where things really went sideways mm-hmm. um, and things that I would never have even thought of. It's just through experience and through hearing about um, different issues that come up from other businesses. He's been able to shed some light on that for me. That's great.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. We're going to have him on the podcast.
1: <laughs> you should get him on. Yeah, he's sure. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. I'm was going to... Well, maybe. Okay. I'll, I'll ask it. Are, you you getting, are it? we getting personal here?
0: No. <laughs> do you want me to No, ask
1: no. I was like, I've asked like the past th- two. So I was like, why are I... And then we're
0: skipping that one because we basically already did it.
1: <laughs> oh, I guess so. Right. Well, why don't you ask that one? Then?
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dan. No worries. <laughs> okay. So what do you enjoy the most about being a business student?
2: Wow. What do I enjoy the most? I really like the projects. Um and I, th- I think the overall thing that I've enjoyed the most about the MBA program is the diversity of students. That is one thing that differs greatly from the undergrad, I would say. Um, there are students from tons of different countries, and the backgrounds, uh, it's just such a wide breadth of skills and experience. So when you're working in groups with those individuals, they're coming at problems and issues with, Completely different perspective than than I've had. Um, you mentioned there's quite a few new Canadians there as well. Like so this. many, yeah. yeah, so many. And to hear their experience, it really puts puts words like sacrifice into perspective. Mm-hmm. These are individuals who have left young kids at home in Africa or um, parts, you know, parts of India. They've they've let, uh, literally saved up for their entire life. They they are leveraging all that they have on coming to do their MBA at Asper, hmm. and they've made choices between Asper and UBC and U of C and places in the states, and they are looking at the Asper School of Business as like the bee's knees, and so to hear to hear those stories for one uh, certainly puts a lot into perspective. Yeah. Um, it, it makes you feel fortunate to be uh, even in the same classroom as those people. Uh, and you can imagine what, what life experience and perspective those individuals are bringing to case studies and class discussion. So from that standpoint, it's been a very rich experience. Um, and I really enjoy getting to know people and making new friends. So to, to be able to get to know uh, individuals who have come from, uh, such a wide variety of backgrounds. That's by far been my, my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So we kind of touched a bit on it a little bit, but, uh, if you want to flesh it out for us, just, mm-hmm. uh, what, what are your kind of plans for after completing your degree? And, uh, it, I, you kind of mentioned teaching mm-hmm. and some private sector, but uh, yeah. what, does it, what does it look like for you?
2: Well, do we have any listeners out there with any job opportunities? <laughs> uh, um, the, the plans right now are kind of up in the air, to be honest. I, I don't know. Uh, I know what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you mentioned, uh, teaching is one of those things. I really enjoyed the teachers that I've had, especially my undergrad who had um, business experience that they brought into the classroom. I found that that was a great way to learn and uh, broke up a little bit of the textbook learning that has been uh, you know, a fixture of universities. But um, I, I find that it's, it's just not as uh, solid of a way to learn in the business faculty, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would like to, to be doing that, but I'd like to be doing it maybe one class a year or so. Um, yeah, I, I really do want to be working um, in industry. Mm-hmm. I, I like the not-for-profit sector and I think that that's where I would like to go. I don't know if it'll be right away, but my kind of dream gig would be to be doing marketing at a little bit of a larger non-profit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that from what I've heard, especially in in that not, uh, not-for-profit marketing class, there's a, a ton of phenomenal people working in that industry mm-hmm. um, and it's a few of the speakers who are, uh, have kind of worked their way up in positions in different nonprofits across the city just said that, like, you will not find heart and passion uh, anywhere, really, like you do in, in the nonprofit mm-hmm. sector. Mm-hmm. And, and that really draws me to it. Um, the, one th- the one thing that they've also said is business minds generally kind of stay away from that area. Um, But it's an important thing to have in organizations that are resource constrained, you know, Mm -hmm. to the moon, no funds, no human capital, really like they're it's a bootstrap operation, you need to be able to manage that um, from a business standpoint, and, you know, gaining funds, all, all of those things. So I think that my interest in that industry combined with what I've been learning at school and um, I, I, guess you could call it like a business kind of mindset or a marketing mindset. I think that it would be a, a good pairing. Um, so it's definitely where I want to go. I, I don't know, you know, when that'll happen or, you know, hopefully it, it does at some point. <laughs> but yeah, I think that once I graduate, I'm in a, I'm planning on graduating, um, mid next summer. Mm-hmm. So I've still got about a year, year left. Um, and the one good thing about the program, actually, well, there's many great things that I've been <laughs> boasting about. I'm not, I'm not being paid by the university, of it, yeah. uh, but another fantastic service that the MBA program has is a lot of career development stuff. Mm-hmm. So they connect you with organizations who are looking for work, uh, looking for employees. Um, you, everyone submits their uh, resume if they so choose. And that gets sent out, um, I believe in some type of resume package, mm-hmm to, um, whatever kind of sector you've, you've outlined. So I'm, I'm hopeful with those different, uh, services that are offered. And, um, again, I, I think it's really about getting yourself out there Mm -hmm. and this kind of the mentorship stuff is, is huge. So getting the, getting your foot in the door with people in, uh, in the industry I want to be in. So it's about going and, um, networking at those, at those nonprofit events, Mm Um, and yeah, I think, uh, I'm excited. I'm a little bit nervous. Um, but I think it'll, it'll work out. Okay. Nice. Yeah.
1: So
0: where can listeners or potential companies who might want to hire you go to learn more about you?
2: Okay. Well, uh, I would say my LinkedIn profile would probably be the best. So it's miles bar on LinkedIn. Um, that would be where, uh, where you can see kind of what I've done and, um, definitely shoot me a message. would love to grab coffee or a beer. And we'll awesome.
1: have his uh, contact information on
2: candidpodcast.ca
1: so awesome. you can go check him out.
2: Appreciate Candid, that. Thank you.
0: Candidpodcast.ca slash ep3.
1: Ep, yes, okay. Candidpodcast.ca slash ep3 which will bring you right there. Or go to con- candidpodcast.ca and check out our other stuff as well. <laughs> um, Listen to all of the episodes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you. I mean, is there anything else you want to kind of talk about before
2: we kind of wrap it up, I guess? I don't think so. Yeah, I think you guys are doing a great job, and uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> I love podcasts, so I'm excited to see where this goes for you guys. I I know just talking before we started that you have a pretty awesome and diverse list of upcoming guests, so... That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. And I know that <laughs> it's just another email coming in. They're just like flooding in on the scent. but yeah, it's uh, for, I know when I met you, Dan, uh, for lunch a couple weeks ago, you had mentioned how quickly this all came together, mm. uh, which is really impressive. And, um, I know how much work it takes to get something like this off the ground. And you guys have been off the ground for a while it seems and are, are already running along. So it's pretty awesome. Well, thanks Thank for <laughs> yeah, Thanks for taking the time and being so candid with us.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Candid Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and a share with your friends and coworkers.
0: Visit candidpodcast.ca to learn more about this podcast, to access some of our favorite free resources for your business, and to submit any questions you would love for us to answer in our next episode. Are you interested in supporting small business in your community? You can become a sponsor of the Candid Conversations Small Business Podcast at candidpodcast.ca slash sponsor. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Good. Looking to start your online business? Try Shopify for 14D.